Hey, 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 we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, and we have a brand new pursuit tonight. Tonight, our special guest is Leigh Merrill. I hope I said that right. Did I say your first name right? I always get first names mixed up. It's Leanne. Okay, Leanne? Okay, I'm sorry about that. Leanne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, okay. So... We are here in pursuit regarding your daughter, uh, Lindsay, right? Yes, sir. Okay, I got that right. Let's talk about yep. who, who your daughter Lindsay was. Let's talk about the good stuff with her. Uh, Lindsay was, um, she loved, we had every stray animal you could imagine growing up. She, she, had, a, she had a raccoon that walked around on a leash, uh, wanted to be, you know, a veterinarian. She, uh, she had these baby blue eyes that... Uh, and just kind of got your attention whenever you see her. Pretty funny. She's a good mom, good daughter. Yeah. Good girl. Okay. So let's talk about what happened March 1st, 2018. Um, at March 1st, 2018, at 1025, uh, my daughter was walking into her house and um, was shot three times. She was shot in the shoulder, in the knee, and in the head. Upon getting to the hospital after I finally gotten a hold of, um, the doctors informed me that she was also 16 weeks pregnant. Oh. And none of us, none of us even knew that. I don't even think she knew it. Um, but that there was really no hope for Lindsay, but we could save the baby. Okay. So uh, that, that's what we decided to do. She was on life support for 57 days until Bailey, his name is Bailey, was born April 21st. And then I have unhooked her on April 24th. So Bailey is the miracle baby, right? The miracle baby, yes, he is. Okay. So what was that process like? You're never, you're never going to get your daughter back, but you're hoping that you have a perfect, healthy grandchild. Uh, yes, um, it was, it was hard, um, just because, well, for one, you know, you're losing a, you lose one to gain one is the way I looked at it. You know, I was losing her, but I was gaining him. Right. And, uh, he was, you know, and, and that being a God person, godly woman, um, I just feel like, um, Bailey is the miracle and he's changed a lot of people's lives, um, I hated losing my daughter, of course. She's my only daughter, especially, you know, being murdered five steps from her house. Uh, you're kind of in a dream, you know, when you spend that many days, um, day in, day out, knowing the outcome in the end is that we're going to lose her. And her three boys are going to, you know, Bailey's never going to get to meet his mom, you know, and she had two other boys. So um, it, was, it was pretty, it was pretty hard. So I can just yeah. imagine what you and your family was going through uh, those 57 days. It, it was, um, well, you know, we had a few issues with the hospital, too, making some wrong diagnosis. And um, so it, it, it caused us to even be in more turmoil because um, it was kind of like a mind game. They had some diagnosis wrong, and, and we all, you know, kind of say our goodbyes, and then they was wrong. And so it was another 30 days that we even, unhook, you know, had her unhooked. And uh, just it was kind of like because of laws, 
um, her father had wanted to keep her on life support for 30, you know, 30 days just to give, to see if something different would change. And I understand that, you know, it's her dad. But then by law, the hospital, we weren't allowed to do anything after 21 weeks, you know, so she never went brain dead. She never went brain dead. So it was a real hard, you know, process actually, you know, uh, dealing with everything. So after your grandson was born, you was, I'm pretty sure you was really relieved, right? Yes, yes, because, um, well, you know, I, 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 I was, because then, I mean, she got to be at peace and not be on life support, and uh, him, he had a long road ahead of, us, ahead of him, you know, he's born at 24 weeks, he was one pound, three ounces, he's had, uh, he's had like 27 eye surgeries, um, they said he was going to have cerebral palsy, but he beat that, got another one of God's miracles, because he's walking now, so... Um, his first birthday was on Easter, which is kind of fitting, you know. There's there's bad out of my daughter's murder, but I also see the blessings in it too. But I hate that. So you see the blessings in it. Um, so let's talk about the murder and what happened. When did you get involved with the police regarding your daughter's case? Um, I never talked to the police until probably uh, two weeks. Uh, actually, I don't think I talked to the victim's advocate or the police personally until Lindsay was, um, I'd already taken her off life support. So, uh, 57 days on the day I took her off life support is when I finally met with the detective and, um, the victim, victim's advocate. Okay. To, you know, in the process of, uh, filing for victim's rights on a funeral, you know, I really, I didn't have the money for it. Um, but I, it was it was like it was probably fifty seven days before I ever even talked to the detective. Okay, so everything's going on. Your daughter, uh, she's at peace now, and I'm sure as a mother, you had questions. You wanted to know who was responsible for killing your daughter. Um, I absolutely want to know, um, and and knowing things that I know and things that I found out because you know you always hear stuff on the streets, right? Um, it, it definitely makes me want to know more. Um, I just try to take it one minute at a time because it just really doesn't look like, I mean, the same information I have, I get to give to the detectives and nothing's come about with it. So I, for my peace of mind, I had to believe that it, if we're going to get justice, it's, it'll happen. Like I can't, I can't fight for it but I can't force it. Right. So, right. Because I have heard a lot of, a lot of stuff on the streets. <laughs> it's, oh. you know, it's, uh, okay. Can you, can you talk about it here on the show? Uh, yes, I can. Um, the first initial, um, I didn't find out until like two hours after Lindsay was shot, but when her dad finally got to the hospital, which was a good six, seven hours after she would have been shot because she lived in his house, which was an apartment upstairs and apartment downstairs. So when he finally got to the hospital, his first initial story to me, my mother, and the guy I was with at the time was he was sitting on the couch and he heard gunshots, but he thought they was down the street. But then he said, well, let me get up. And, and these are his exact words. I remember it like it happened yesterday. He said, let me get up and look out the door. He said he gets up and he looks out the door. And mind you, Lindsay had his car and his cell phone because 
she went and picked up some money and some, you know, dropped my grandson off at his grandma's. So, um, he says he gets up and he looks out the door and Lindsay's laying on the, um, on the porch. Now, my daughter was an addict. She was in active addiction. But he said he thought she was just high and fell. But then he says, I think to myself, wait, let me go get my gun. And he, his specific words was, it took him seven minutes to find his gun. And when, while he was looking for his gun, he heard a male voice say, there, MFR, and shoot one last time. And then that was, and then he come out when, you know, he realized. But that's the first initial um, story that he gave me. His story has changed numerous times. I mean, I mean, like drastically changed. It's not the same. He told his sons three different stories. He told me three different stories. He told everybody three, you know, different stories. And I and I hate to speak bad about him because he just passed in June. Um, but um, I also, you know, had heard from my youngest son's uncle that he was previous. He had ripped. Uh, Brian had always. I, and I, I know my kids will probably hate me if they hear this, but I, I have to do what I have to do for my daughter. Brian had always ran drugs for a, um, a Mexican guy in, in Springfield, and he's done it for 25 years. A couple months before this even happened, I had heard from my sister that Brian had ripped him off. So the day uh, Lindsay was shot, five hour, about 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was seen fighting two Mexican guys in the street. And when my son's uncle pulled up, they told him if they did not get their money, they was going to hurt someone that he loved. And my daughter, Lindsay, was shot five hours later. Oh. So, yeah, five hours later. It was, you know, it, that, that quick of a, I mean, it just doesn't have, and the person that told me uh, about, you know, walking up on him, he's not going to lie to me. It's my youngest son's uncle. You know, we're all family. And he has no reason to lie about it. Uh, Brian, on the other hand, if, you know, not maybe he's totally, you know, he's responsible for it. That is that is my belief. And I, I, I have had two Latin kings tell me that it's because Brian owed them money. They came to me and they told me. So I, I know what I, you know what I mean? Like, unless I get proof. My heart is always going to say that I, I that's what I believe happened. Um, I guess we'll probably never know because Brian's dead now. Right. Um, the cops detected the wine. Is, um, here's my thing. I'm not saying I know there's other cases. I know that. But when a mother of a murder victim is calling you for three months, there is no reason she should not get a phone call back. So I don't really hear from the detective per se. Right. We hear these it's stories not, all the time about how the I police took, are not cooperative with the victims. Right. I, yeah. I took down voice recordings from Brian. Like he took Lindsay's shoes off of her while she was laying there shot before she got in the ambulance. Wait a minute. Why did he do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, and we've got him saying it, saying that he took them off. To me, Brian's an addict too. And Lindsay was going to pick up money. She was using his car. Like, I was with Brian for 10 years. I know the man pretty well. And like I said, I have no proof of this for a fact. I can only go by what I've been told, but I know I've been told by trusting people. Um, Brian is an addict himself, so when he let Lindsay use his car, 
because when she was at her uh, mother-in-law's house dropping the baby off, they said Brian was blowing her phone up. Like, she, he called, like, 20 times, like, back to back to back. And what I've been told is Brian, he knew it was going to be Lindsay. And that makes me wonder, you know, because she was driving his car. Lindsay was a bigger girl. He just got out of jail. Brian's 6'2". It's not a mistaken identity like the police would like me to believe that it's a mistaken identity. You know, um, they just, they knew who, you know, and it wasn't ambush. She got out of her, you know, the cops tell me not to use the word ambush. I don't know any other way to say it, but that my daughter got out of a car and was shot three guns. They shot at her six times and only three, and three of them hit her. They botched the case so bad that the guy across the street found two casings like two days later. Um, you know, Springfield's just not very, uh, they find out, I think because they know it's, the cartel, the, the the gangs, all that. My personal opinion is they're not going to fight for it too much because it is drug related. You know, that's just my feeling. Okay, so how much money do you think that her dad owed them? Eighty thousand dollars. Wow, that's a lot of money. So that would he was yeah. yeah that would prompt somebody to be pretty upset because I was just getting ready to make the point that whoever shot her, they was pretty upset because you could obviously see she was pregnant, right? Um, no, no. She she was 16 weeks. Of, okay. Um, she had just gotten out of jail. She'd been in jail for three months. She'd only been out a week to the day. Okay. But you could tell different size-wise in build and shape. You know, Brian's tall and skinny, and um, my, you know, she did have a hoodie up, you know, but I just... If you looked at Lindsay and knew that Lindsay lived there and you know who Lindsay is, and and especially because if, I mean, everybody knows everybody around here, so I just don't feel like, I feel like, it, I don't feel like it was a mistake. I knew they threatened to hurt somebody Brian loved, and Lindsay was the closest person. I mean, she lived, everybody knew, you know, it's his daughter, you know, and he could have given them, they wanted the deed to his house that he owned that his dad left him, and he wouldn't give it to him. And that was the comment made, like, either give us the deed to the house or give us our money or we're going to hurt someone you love, you know. So, and Brian, he he gives, uh, he give a dope boy name uh, the, to the detectives. That was his first story to the detectives. That was his girlfriend's daughter's boyfriend that was living there at the time. That That's who he thought it was. He gave a couple different names who he thought it was. So let me ask you, he he gave these different names along with different stories, am I correct? Yep, yep. So did you take time to say, I mean, to call him or go to him and confront him and say something's not adding up? I uh, Yes, I did. Every time I, uh, I mean, at the hospital, we had a, uh, like a protection order where he wasn't, you know, allowed there. When I was allowed there, it was just to conflict because he was even saying different stories in front of the nurses and stuff you know what i'm saying like yeah in front of mother Lindsay. so it it was just so much for me and and i feel like he uh he ended up like giving up all, all of his rights and moved to uh moorhead kentucky where his family is from okay and wasn't even there when we you know when we took Lindsay off life support uh was late to her funeral um, went down there and got in trouble and sold um, heroin to a 15-year-old boy that overdosed. So oh. he was in trouble there, too. You know what I'm saying? 
I actually, the night before, like, I really, had, I probably know my opinion. Um, he knew my opinion. But the night before, unfortunately, um, he passed away. Me and him did talk, and we talked for about three hours. And he's always he was always defending himself to me and wanted to know, you know, he kept asking questions. I finally just, this is what I believe. This is what I've, like I say, the, the reason it's hard for me not to believe it is because I had the two Latin kings come to me and tell me the story, you know, because I know them too. You know, I know I've, I've known them for years. I don't deal with them, but I do know a lot of them, you know, from growing up here. And uh, Lindsay knew a lot of people and a lot of people loved Lindsay. And they just didn't feel like it was right, you know, that Brian was, you know, basically getting away with it. And my first thing was with the detective. I mean, I watch enough criminal shows, true shows, to know if somebody's changing their story that many times, they're lying. They're lying about something. Yep. Your, your, story, your story's not going to totally – you may add a few little things. But you're not going to change it so drastic that it, it's probably about 15 different stories that he told. I mean, drastically told different stories. You know, it's like I don't understand why the detectives were – when I took the um, voice – even now – there was a girl that was there. Um, they say there's no uh, witnesses, but there is a 911 call of a female, you know, saying black, guy, black, dressed in black, black car. He says there's never, he, there is no witness, but I hear a voice. And my, our son, Alan, our youngest son, his girlfriend's best friend picked her, her mom up from Brian's house. She told her daughter, Paige, she had to pick her up down the street because uh, it was all blocked off with ambulances and stuff. Nothing's been, nobody's ever talked to her. Like, he's never talked to these people. He does not go out. Of, I have to call him and be like, hey, have you talked to this one or have you done that? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I just I just feel like he's not, um, I don't care for him, actually. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. And here you are trying to get answers. And he's being difficult. So, yeah, that, that could be, you know, that would make me angry, too. Right, yeah. I, I feel like if it was his kid, he would definitely be 100% more involved in it. Right, and that's what I said. It, it could put him in months. it. Yeah, and instead of it taking me three months and then having to call your captain on you. I've had to call a captain on him two or three times for not returning my call. Yeah. So did he explain why he didn't return your call? He just apologizes and... Doesn't really say why. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So these Latin kings that spoke to you, did you ever say to them, hey, I want, I want to know who is responsible for shooting her? <laughs> I, have cur I found out the, uh, two, the two Mexicans he was fighting. I found out their names. Okay. This and, and the two, I, they're never. I would never say their names because they came to me in confidence of knowing, okay. giving me. They're, they're trying to give me some kind of peace about the situation, but to also let me know that this is what you know they they love us enough to let us know this is what's going to happen. I mean, if you're like anybody else, you kind of know if you get involved with Latin Kings and you, you know, considering they, I, I believe someone from. Uh, I believe it was a hit. Per se, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but, but it had to have been a hit if, uh, because yeah, if he owed yeah. them eighty thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. 
to owe right. any drug do- yeah. drug dealer, let alone the cartel. It's not chump change. It's not chump change. No, it's not. And he was not interested in paying it back. I mean, he would just kept blowing them off and playing them dumb. And- okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, and just in case, I don't think we covered it, to let our listeners know, what city and state did this take place in? Springfield, Ohio. Okay. So how did the investigation go? Did, did, did the police you know, come to you and say, hey, we have some suspects or we think it's this person, you know, what, what all did they say? I've talked to, like I said, the first time I talked to Detective DeWine, it was more just over what I had to do for Lindsay for the victims of rights. And he met with us. I was, and like, that was 60 days, 58 days later. Um, before that, I'd never talked to him. He never came to me. He never, Never called me, never talked to me, never anything. Um, as far as the, the case goes, he don't call me and, and that anything. I call him with any information I get, with any names I get. I take I took recordings from my phone down to him. Um, I've told him everything that I've been told uh, by the Latin Kings. But he, you know, he just kind of, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And that's about all I get. He'll check into it. Well, I talked to him a couple, I'm going to say about a month ago, and, you know, since Brian is gone, I want him to, I want him to get a hold of this girl um, who was supposedly there and uh, see if, you know, maybe maybe someone will start talking now that Brian's gone, you know? Yeah. It, but, but to me, I shouldn't have to be calling the detective and saying, hey, why don't you go back and talk to this person? Right. Go back and talk. I mean, it's been two and a half years. What? you got to start going over the same stuff. Just go back, you know, and start over again. You might find somebody that might feel a tug at their heart and say, okay, I'm going to tell you what I know. But it should not be me, the mother, <laughs> having to call the detective and say, hey, you need to get active again. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, right. Uh, uh, he called me last week because I'm, I'm still trying to get Lindsay's uh, property released to me, like her cell phone and stuff. Just, just for pictures, you know, stuff that might be on there that I don't have of her, and and he he just keeps blowing me off on it, you know. And uh, he said, "Well, I was going to go talk to this person, the female, but then we had another murder. So, and it's and me in my head, it's like, but there's four other detectives. Unless you caught that case, why are you worried about another murder? You know what I mean? Like, and you have five days a week to go. And my daughter deserves as much." respect as anybody else and you right. take the time out to go talk to the person you said you were going to don't just blow her off because something else has happened you right. got to learn to you know, you know do what you got to do for everybody i understand so this was in a residential area did yes. did you mean to tell me there was no witnesses that heard these gunshots and looked out the window or no one seen the, anything wh- the the witness was supposedly walking down the street, and she seen the she was seen the guy, but only seen that he was dressed in black and driving a black four door car. Okay, said she couldn't see his face. Um, people across the street I heard um, was out on their porch partying, but when you go talk to them, they don't. Uh, you know, they they kind of knew that was a. It was a dope house, um, drug house, you know what I mean? Brian been selling drugs for months out of it. But I don't, yeah, apparently, uh, you know, uh, nobody supposedly, there's a guy with a camera that was down the road and it was, it was, uh, um, 
oh, action motivated or come on, you know, when a car went by. And the only car that was seen driving down that road that night was a white car, a white four-door car. There's no, you know, either or. So if he came one way, he, he would have had to been seen on the camera both times. So uh, to me, it, it was only a white car that went down that road. And that's the guy on the cameras down the street. So the people that was partying on the porch, did you go talk to them, try to talk to them yourself? I talked to them, and they said when they heard the gunshots start, that they ducked and ran in their house. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, I feel like, I don't know why I feel like, um, because of the timeline, Lindsay, from the time she got her dad's car, um, they have her on camera at the Western Union because her, her fiancé works out of the state, and he had just left earlier that town, so he sent her some money. So they have her at Western Union. They have her um, at Boost, you know, paying her phone bill. And then they have her at McDonald's. And it's only like a maybe 35-minute time from the time Western Union until she goes back to her dad's house. And it just strikes me funny that they had to have been sitting and waiting and knew that she had the car. Like, to just know that somebody's going to be, or maybe they was just doing a drive-by and she just, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a drive-by initially. And then Lindsay just happened to be out there. But the whole, like, like I said, Brian told, when Brian said Brian's part of the story was why he was looking for his gun. The guy walked up on Lindsay and done that, and and that's not the way it happened. It was boom, 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 six shots. There was no hesitation. So right there puts that Brian's story is lies, and and they just keep letting him get away. I mean, like not even quite. I don't understand why they're not holding on him, or they wasn't, you know, like being harsher with him or something. Because obviously there's something going on because he wouldn't be lying like this. And it was like they just let him kind of get away with it. Like, oh, well, it's it's like, you know, black gang or cartel, whatever, and just let it go because we don't want to deal with it because it happens all the time. So what did you know, what is your son saying about this? My sons, um, you know, my sons feel the same way because he told so many different stories, um, you know, like they was just kind of begging him to just stop and shut up, you know, what you tell talking to people. I mean, even I did like Brian, shut up. Like you're, you know, like, but of course nothing to me, if I heard somebody telling that many different stories, I'm going to think, well, I'm going on. Not right. Um, my boys, uh, of course they don't want to believe it, but, uh, one of them, Alan has heard the same stuff also. And, you know, uh, my oldest son, He's if he don't have no proof, then he's not going to believe it, which is fine. He, I, I wouldn't want to believe it of my dad either. You know, what I'm saying I really wouldn't. But uh, you, I mean, I, I'm not even saying there are facts, but I just got to go by what you hear. Uh, yeah, I can there's only understand. There's, there's some proof, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure he probably was pretty convincing with them that uh, that he didn't have anything to do with this. I'm pretty sure about that. Right, and of course it's their dad. They don't want to. They don't want to think their dad's the reason their sister was murdered. Right. You know, their only sister. I mean, of course, no kid wants to believe that of their dad, and and probably somewhere. And they really didn't, you know, really have a relationship with their dad, but it's still their dad. And I would never 
you know, because in my oldest, he blames, he thinks whatever I said to Brian the night before he, he passed away, he was in a car wreck. Now, Brian was a drug uh, IV user. He used heroin. He OD'd. He had needles and drugs in the car. It's not necessary. And he was very suicidal because he wanted to go be with Lindsay. I mean, he just kept telling everybody that he was trying to kill himself to go be with Lindsay. And um, so my son's kind of holding against me. He feels like whatever I said to his dad the night before um, made him maybe let go of the will or maybe just, you know, I don't know. And I, I'm not going to apologize for the way I feel. And that's what I told my kids. They don't have to feel like I do about their dad. Um, everybody has their own opinion about everything. Um, you can't blame me because I feel the way I do. Um, and until I get proof, I'm always going to feel that way. I'm always going to feel that way because I just, I don't feel like I've ever been lied to about why it was done. Right. And then because that's number one, that's because that's your daughter. So, right. you know, you have a right to react the way you do because you want closure. You want to know what happened. I mean, you can only assume at this point. But right. you don't have, yeah. know. Right. I have suspicions, but I don't, you know, no concrete evidence. Yeah. So let me ask you, the baby, where is he at today? Is he? I'm not asking for a specific location. Is he staying with oh, you? Right. Or? Um, no, he uh, lives with the dad. Um, him and Lindsay, her and him and Lindsay been together since they was high school sweethearts. Okay. Um, and they had two boys, you know, other than Bailey, but uh, they all three live with him. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that working with her kids? I mean, I'm sure that's pretty tough on the other two, especially. Uh, I, I'm hopefully um, Bentley was only four. I'm hoping. I don't think he like grasped the the situation because he's so young. Brendan, on the other hand, he's um, he was eight. Um, and, uh, it gets hard in Springfield because, uh, kids aren't nice. You know, we all know that nowadays kids are not nice and he has to defend at school. He's had to a couple different times, um, about his mom and her murder. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I, Michael, I, he's, he's, I think he's moving him out of state, which I, I'm all for. Um, I think he needs to get the kids out of here because her story's always, I, I don't do it to hurt my kids at all. I do it for justice for my daughter. I don't do it for attention. My daughter deserves for somebody to. And even though I have my suspicions of who I take done it, nobody is paying for it. Nobody's been charged for it. Right. So until, until that happens, I will continue to do stuff like this, and I will continue to post about justice for her and gun rallies and gun violence, you know, because we don't have justice for her. I mean, suspicion is not justice. Right. I agree. And even though, like I said, we said earlier, $80,000 is a lot of money. And that would be motive to kill someone. And if they felt like, okay, we don't know who this is coming up to his house, but she's got to be somebody close to him. So we're going to just go ahead and shoot her. But right. what's strange yeah. is instead of him trying to help his daughter, he's taking off her shoes. That that just don't right. add up with me. Right. And the neighbor guy had to beat him up because he was searching Lindsay's pockets for the money that she had just picked up. Are you kidding me? I am dead serious. The little girl 
that lived next door. She had just walked into her house. She got out of her car, walked into her house, went back out to her car. By the time she gets to the house again is when the gunfire starts. And then she sees Lindsay laying there, and she goes out, and she has her finger in Lindsay, you know, the shot to the head. And she's sitting there, you know, trying to get the blood, you know, the bleeding stopped. And Brian was sitting there going through Lindsay's pockets, and I tried to find the money that she had. So here it is, his daughter is laying on the ground fighting for her life, and he's going through her pockets? He's going through her pockets. You know, excuse me for saying this, and I mean no disrespect with your sons, but what a piece of shit. Um, Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah, that, you know, a real parent, You, I'm just floored with that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're going through her pocket. She's fighting for her life. You have a neighbor who is doing more work to her, and they're no relation, and you're going through your daughter's pockets looking for money. Right. Unbelievable. And stealing her shoes off her feet. And took her shoes. That that's a piece of shit. Um, that is a piece of shit. I mean, that is not even just me and a relationship that I have with Brian. It's just that's trashy. That is just it, second of all. First trashy is it doesn't matter. You open the door and you say you see your daughter laying on the porch because you think she was high and fell. Why wouldn't you go help your daughter? Well, right. If I see any you, of my kids laying. I'll be going, oh, I'm going to go get a gun. Right. I'm oh, not going to go get a gun. Yeah, no, you're going to go out and help your kid. Not just leave her laying. Right, right. I agree. I mean, if I thought that that was the case, I'm not going to, I'm going to run outside to get her off the ground. Exactly. Help her. I mean, it's your kid. Okay, not but obviously, obviously he must have saw the, the person or persons out there. Um. And then he saw what was going down, and he left his own daughter there. That's, you know, because one of his stories that he told one of Lindsay's best friends was that um, he kind of like football shouldered the guy. Like he ran across the porch and football shouldered him, and then the guy took off running. That's one of his stories, too. That's bullshit. There's my thing. You can believe every, every story that Brian told, and one part of it is true. Because... Brian's a very illiterate person. He was very illiterate. He was just vulgar, just, and I know I got three kids with him. I they, I know Brian well enough to know because with him blowing her phone, blame, blowing the phone up, Brian knew when Lindsay got back, she was going to give him money for drugs. So he's, he's wanting his drug money. So this is the way I feel about it because Brian's also a very avid gun hunter, okay? So he knew them shots was not down the road. You know what I mean? Right. There's no way he did. And there's no way it took him seven minutes to find a gun. There's like 30 mm-hmm. guns in that house. So it's all a load of crap. I feel like when Lindsay pulled up, he went to, he, this is the way I can, I see it, I think. He's out there and, and he's like, you know, they're arguing because she's been gone in this car too long. You know what I mean? Like, what have you been gone by? I believe the fire, the shot started and Brian dove back in the house to go get his gun and left my daughter out there. Now, that is my, because of every story that he's told, that's what I think happened. I agree with you. He was scared and ran back in the house. Yep, I agree with you because, you know, once he knew that that person or persons were gone and then that's when... He went, you know, went through her pockets and took her shoes. I mean, that is unheard of. In all of my cases, I've never heard anything like this. Me neither. 
Um, I, 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 it astounds me as to why, uh, I'd say the shoes probably because they were brand new Jordans, but that's how thick that you don't feel like, um, the thing, your actions, you, he knows, like he denies the fight even happening with the two guys. There's no re- no way that Bob is lying about this. You know what I mean? Like he's not the man that's going to call. He called my dad. He didn't even tell us. He called my dad and told him about the fight. And Brian's still trying to deny it when neighbors and everybody's seen it. But um, I just I don't understand why the cops didn't push harder on Brian. Like Brian knew more. Oh, I I definitely agree. He knew more. He had to know more. There's just no way. Yeah. But you know, with his daughter being gunned down, I mean, there was no respect for not only just for her life, but there was no respect for her fighting for her life, and that's what floors right. me. Yeah, right. Unbelievable, unbelievable. I I am so sorry that you have went through this, and well, thank you. Your grandchildren, Jesus Christ, when those kids grow up. I don't I don't know what their dad is planning on explaining to them, but that that is going to be hard. It it definitely is, and that's one of the biggest reasons. Um, uh, living in Springfield, uh, of course, Brendan's a boy; they're boys, and um, like I said, they've already had a fight. With, he's already had a fight with kids at school over it. I feel like if Michael doesn't get my grandson out of Springfield. There, you know, he's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna affect him even more than it already has. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, he he's the kid who thinks, well, if I wouldn't have stayed at my grandma's all night and I would have been with my mom, I could have saved her. But that's what he thinks. And you know, that's thank sad. God, and thank God he wasn't, and thank God the uh, Bentley, the four year old, decided to stay because he wasn't supposed to. So I'm um, I'm so thankful for, uh, you know that because you know, um, it was hard enough anyways <laughs> right well you know like i said i i'm so sorry that you're going through all of this and i really do hope you get justice i really do oh thank you i do too believe this way people hearing it um lindsey's story went way far like it went to the uk and it went a lot of places and my thing my um my hope is that somebody because you know somebody knows that maybe they'll hear and at that moment it'll pull at their heart and decide to tell what they know that, yeah, that's i agree that's why i still do what i do because i've seen cases that have been solved after 30 years or you know i i just have to believe that somebody's going to get you know grow a conscience one of these days yeah, well, I, will I hope continue so. Continue to keep it out in the, you know, the public, even if it's just a post that I post on Facebook. Um, uh, it, it, I definitely believe someone knows, and maybe they'll, you know, give my give my grandsons, you know, uh, some justice for yeah. somebody for the, you know, for their mother. Yeah, I wish your I wish your ex was still alive because, and I and I'm you know they. I'm a very blunt person. I, I'm very yeah. brutally honest. If he was still alive, and after this podcast, I would call him and tell him he was a piece of shit. Because right. um, I'm just sitting here angry because I'm a father of five children, two daughters and three right. boys. And that this is just horrible to hear. 
But I, I appreciate your strength for you, your family, your grandkids. You know, I, I just really appreciate your strength. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it definitely takes a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we run out of time. And okay. I want you to take time to tell people about everything that you're doing, about Facebook, any social media you got going for your daughter. I have a uh, Justice for Lindsay group, um, just for her. And um, I'm in, I post, I, I kind of post only in it because of the kids. Um, I try to respect her brothers and I feel like they don't want to have to see it every day. So, I mean, I'll post sometimes on my Facebook and um you know her her group has quite a few people um i've I've tried to get a hold of like john walsh and you know other stuff and just trying to get somebody to do you know something on it you know um aired or something and you guys picked it up which i really appreciate um but uh you know gun violence we have done some rallies in springfield you know for the gun violence victims there and um on facebook uh, i'm in some angel mom groups and we we do uh banners and stuff like that for murder victims like today's murder which is funny because today is uh murder victims awareness day uh, if you didn't know that it's a national no, holiday I didn't. I, yeah i didn't know it until which actually we were supposed to do this yesterday and it was 29 months of the day because she died april 24th and we've done it today which is uh, murder victims awareness so oh. it's kind of pretty funny <laughs> okay yeah i didn't know that well you keep fighting and we will be in your corner and anytime well, you need you. us reach out to brenda or reach out to myself and we'll do what we can so you stay on the line i'll be right back okay uh, guys okay. thank you you're welcome well like i told her we we run out of time but i want you to listen to something real quick go to our facebook crime pursuit podcast uh the team myself we'll we'll interact with you i always do and some people say ed where do you find the time i just do because this is what i love to do you can go to our instagram at crime pursuit we'll interact with you as well we have twitter at crime pursuit so go interact with us get involved and if you got some information regarding any of our cases please reach out or call your local police department all right we gotta go have a good night